Hello and welcome to Biz Bites. And uh, we use this as an opportunity to get the stories behind the stories of businesses. And today I have Ed with me. We've got to know each other a little bit over a period of time. But Ed, I wanted you to introduce yourself uh, to the audience firstly before we sort of start diving in. Yeah, great. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, my name is Ed Johnson and uh, I run a business called Exdia. We provide um, bookkeeping and payroll services. And uh, I live in Sydney, Australia, married. We have uh, five children, uh, only two left at home, and uh, really enjoying life and enjoying business. Well, well, I should ask you this question then. I heard it once said many years ago, when they're, when they're 18 or 19, you should tell the kids that they should move out. And by the time they're, they're 21, 22, you should chuck them out. I haven't done that, by the way, but... <laughs> Did how 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 early did they start moving out? Oh well, I mean, two of them are married already. So, and we've we've uh, we've had our, our first uh, grandchild uh, this year. Oh, congratulations! Um, yeah, so they moved out. Well, they all moved out reasonably young, actually, sort of early twenties. Um, yeah, around that sort of age. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh well I'm I'm still loving the fact that mine is still around and my daughter's doing some work for me now. Yeah. So that's even that's exciting too to to have it all part of that. And family's such an important part of business, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Being able to work near home or from home is is a wonderful thing and really it really helps with that flexibility and being able to um just be around. Yeah, I think it, it's totally changed in the last few years how people interpret mm. that and uh, and the level of importance that people place on it because we, we both remember a time where, you know, the idea of working from home was severely frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, one, of the, one of the things we've, we've been able to do in our business is all our team work from home, actually. So um, we've kind of set it up that way early on. Um, and it's been great for the business. It's been great for for the team as well. Mm. So, speaking of the business, tell me tell me a little bit about the history of of the business itself. So, when when was it when was it established? When did you make the move to to set it up? We started in 2016 um, with one client who was a friend of mine, <laughs> and. Uh, Gradually just built it from there. So it started with just just myself, uh, pretty much doing the work, and then gradually added one team member, then another. More clients started coming on, and slowly built up over the last six years. And now we're working with um, we've got about twenty team members, and probably close to a couple hundred hundred clients. So I haven't done a count recently, but yeah, that's sort of the size at the moment, and. Yeah, yeah. Work with um, a bunch of different organisations. So we 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 work with similar businesses businesses to ours. Actually, sort of that sort of size, zero to twenty employees. Uh, we work with a bunch of churches and not for profit type organisations, and we have a, a bunch of clients too who are operating in the NDIS type environment as well. Yeah, I'm 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 fascinated by that, uh, particularly in the uh, the not for profit sector as well. That um, you know, it's an area that I've worked a lot in, and and um, and uh, I do have a lot, quite a number of clients in that space as well. And it, it is quite a different area to understand, isn't it? There is a, there's a different uh, 
language in some respects is, is if, if that's the right term, but it's it's certainly uh, you need a different understanding. And I think there's a difference between businesses who dabble in it in terms of saying, you know what, I feel as though I should do something for a non-for-profit and they do a pro bono piece. And, and as much as they mean well, they don't necessarily completely understand the sector versus, you know, someone like uh, yourself. And, and I know I, I, I do as, as well, where it's about truly understanding the sector and specialising in being able to deal with it. Yeah, I think so. And I think a couple of the distinctives um, would be uh, that not not for profits generally, you know, whether it's a, a church or a charity, um, there's a lot of passion about the the mission and um, the purpose of the organisation. Not not that there isn't in businesses as well, but it sort of comes to the forefront possibly a bit more with the not-for-profits and so things like bookkeeping or accounts or or payroll are necessary parts of that but not necessarily you know interesting or uh you know core parts of that that mission so so being able to outsource that or get support in those areas um can really help and i think i think another thing about not-for-profits in my experience anyway compared to say a small business um is that there's generally uh, generally a bit more of a collaborative board involved in direction and decision making than there may be in a small business, and so that increases, I think, the need for um, communication and governance, good governance, good reporting, um, so that it can flow through to those people that are that are really wanting that information and making those decisions. So, so tell me what got you into that area i mean is it is is non-for-profit just is it something that you've been involved with prior to setting up the business yeah so i've been involved in my own church finances for 10 plus years and so it was a natural network for me to be able to um, provide similar sorts of services for other churches so that's probably the entry point for me um and and just um yeah being able to have that um, specialization and experience in those types of areas. Um, and then very early on in the business, uh, we collaborated with uh, another organization that helps um, families that are managing reasonably large amounts of NDIS funding through a company. And so that was another avenue that just came early on in the business life where we've got quite a lot of families and uh, that we're working with in those little businesses to manage the funding it's very heavily a payroll function so that this funding is is provide you know employing workers to look after the participants and so that that was just something that came came to us wasn't really seeking that out at the time but um that that's become a decent part of our business as well yeah it's interesting isn't it, how sometimes these things just uh pop out and and you gravitate towards them. And I think, I, I know certainly for me personally that um, it, it, it brings a good amount of joy when you can deal with those kinds of businesses that you really love dealing with and non-for-profits, uh, um, you know, in, fall into that category as well. If you've, if you've got that uh, personal connection as well, it takes it to another level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they're just such... You know, we love all our clients and the, this this group of clients is no exception, just lovely families 
you know, just trying to, to live their lives and make a go of it and, and look after their, their own families. And it's great to be really great to be working with them. Yeah, I can see family certainly a, a, a big driver for you. Um, tell me that I wanted to delve back a little bit into the past before I go into the present. Um, how did it all begin for you? Like what was the what were the early stages? What got you into uh, into this area? So in my previous employment, I was working for a private company um, in the area of product. It's a product-based company, importing and exporting of um, camping products and developing new products. So um, I kind of grew with that business over 14 years and was blessed to have a really broad range of experience there. So in not just in the financial side, but in HR and logistics and administration. My my study background is more in business administration. So I, I sort of came into the more um, formal financial side a little bit later. Um, but so my, yeah, so that background is very operational, very integrated into the life of, of the business, which I really loved and got great experience there. Um, it just it just became a good time in the life in in my life in the life of that business where it was an opportune time for for me to go in a, in a new direction and, and start my own business. So it worked well timing wise, and um, yeah, really it's it's been great. And um, and the business where I left, they're they're flourishing and 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 doing really well as well. So yeah, so that was. Um, that was really it, and um, I started as a, as a sole trader just while I was still working there, and then when it um, built up a little bit, uh, made the decision to go full time into into Exdia. It's uh, I love these stories of how it uh, how it all kind of begins, and and um, the the fascinating thing for me as well is that that experience of of the the, the more the operational side. And carrying that into into there, um, it is a, a, a huge point of difference. So many so many businesses struggle with that area, uh, and so having that those skills carrying in on top of the financial is definitely, I, I'm sure, um, give, put you in good stead and to be able to grow as you have done over the last over the last six seven years. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely helped a lot, and and I'm in the same boat. Like I'm a I'm a started out as a, a startup and a growing business and we're always adapting and changing and what works this year may not work next year in operationally and so um i i really enjoy that creative side of business and thinking well how do we make things better how do we get to the next stage of scalability um without sort of breaking ourselves or and still maintaining quality and still looking after our team and and yeah uh, uh, so i enjoy that journey and i enjoy sharing that with businesses that are on the same journey as we are i i find it fascinating because um you know speaking to a lot of people in that financial services space and you know generally speaking creative and financial services are at odds with one another and uh, it's not something that comes as easy to people in that space generally speaking and that I mean I'm being very broad and generalizing but it's 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 really great to, that you could have come out and say you enjoy that sort of creativity and that side of things and then that's obviously the first passion that's driving the agenda of the business 
Yeah, yeah. I think business is an incredibly creative endeavor, really. Like you, particularly for the founder and 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 people um, leading the business. It's thinking outside what we're currently doing and how can we do things differently. How can we, you know, change and reach the vision that we're aiming for. Um, it's it's like a blank piece of paper in some ways. You, you get the opportunity to start from scratch and create something that wasn't there before. And I think it's uh, it can it, like it's 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 a I suppose it's a two edged sword in a way that can be overwhelming and burdening, and at times for business owners, um, but it's also quite liberating and enjoyable at the same time. Absolutely, there are definitely the ebbs and flows of it all, but uh, uh, wouldn't replace it for for anything. I, I you know, I, I admire the people that who are employed, and we as business owners, we love those people because we want them to come and work for us. But uh, I don't think I could be that person anymore. It's uh, been a long time since I've been employed, and and once you've got that bug of being an entrepreneur, it's it's um, very hard to shake it. Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to to just delve a little bit back for a little bit further just for a moment as well. And um, so talk to me about, you know, high school and um, what were the what were the dreams of what you wanted to do at, at that point? And, you know, how does that correlate to where you got to today? Well, that's a I didn't I, I didn't really have a clear direction coming out of high school. So I, I did some studies in a Bachelor of Arts and. Um, uh, those kind of subjects um, and didn't really use my degree directly uh, after I finished university. Um, so uh, just just did some some jobs, um, worked in a warehouse, worked for um, Department of Social Security, which became Centrelink, which interestingly, interestingly enough was I was there during the transition from Department of Social Security to Centrelink on the inside, and that was a fascinating experience to see how that was that change management was rolled out. That's that's just an aside, but um, yeah. And then, and then uh, uh, I started working for I started studying business um, while I was working, uh, sort of graduate diploma of business, and really th- just really thoroughly enjoyed the material and learning about it. And I think it kind of that's kind of where I started going in that business direction. And it's interesting too, though, that when you start that fascination with different businesses uh, and, and that operational side, that's what, you know, working in this space that you're in allows you to delve into those businesses on a day-to-day basis, doesn't it? So it's kind of um, picking up on that similar idea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And um, just going back to that experience at Centrelink, that was really very interesting because I was kind of studying, I can't remember if it was exactly the same time, but studying sort of agency theory in, in business and seeing it rolled out, moving from a what was more of a government department to becoming a government agency. And um, the CEO at the time was just managed that incredibly well. And it was just really good to just see in such a large organisation how that kind of thing worked, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 amazing those experiences that you that you have along the way that um, you know govern where you're where you're at today and how much you know. So sometimes you don't 
take the time to think think back on them, but they've definitely had a a, a key influence on the way you interpret things and and how you grow. Uh, you know, today, and I can see that with with your business. And I'm, I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, we we kind of touched on before we started recording, but I'd love you to share, um, you know, how the business has has managed to grow because it's it's, um, you know, what's the secret behind the 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 marketing and the growth of the business? You've started off with one client that was a, that's a friend. You've you've now got two hundred plus. Um, that's a, a fairly significant leap over a uh, over a, you know six seven year period. Yeah, yeah, and, and by God's grace, we've we've experienced um, a lot of steady growth over over the last six years. I think <clears throat> things that we've kind of become important to us in our values of um, putting a, a a priority on um, good good relationships with within the team and good relationship with our clients. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we do we do the normal marketing things like we spend a bit of money advertising. We we do the socials and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I think if if clients have a good experience and team have a good experience working with us and for us, um, it, it gels, and then there's a more of a natural growth that can happen where people want to tell other people about what we're doing and share. And and so most of our Clients, most of our new clients generally come through some sort of pre-existing connection. It's not often we get a, a really, it's not often we get a, a contact purely just from advertising. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think most most businesses that offer a professional service, um, you know, there's a degree of, okay, they might have checked you out, but they're finding a connection somewhere that they can ask someone before it gets to that uh point where they're actually okay let's um let's have a proper conversation and see if we if we want to engage it's um there's a that relationship building is is a huge part of business growth yeah i I think so and it's a i think it's also a huge part of just internal efficiency too if if team like working for us and the team are happy um less you know it's just less turnover every business owner i think knows this you know less turnover more productivity um better financially for the business and and for the team so i think it it benefits at multiple levels so so we've talked about the past six or seven years of business growth so just in 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 wrapping things up what's what's the future what's the you know if we're projecting five ten years down the track we're where do you see uh, the business going? I think the next big shift for us is continuing the process of um, becoming a business that's sustainable um, without my direct involvement in as much. And having said that, we have an amazing team and we've come a long way in um, shifting my role in you know across the team. So it's but we've still got a bit a bit to go, and that's that's a journey of just a bit, you know, probably ninety percent of business founders um, go through that transition. So we're right in the middle of that now. So becoming, you know, growing up as a business, I guess, from um, where we started and and becoming scalable. But the key for us, I think, in scalability is we want to maintain quality, 
we want to maintain relationships. So if we can scale in a way in a way where we're not losing either of those, uh, that would be that would be great. Well, I wanted to to wrap things up with a with a question that I kind of tried to fire at people in lots of different ways, but. Um, What's the biggest challenge or question that you, your best customers are faced with before they jump for joy when they find you? Uh, look, I think uh, I think maybe as an example, because it's fresh in my mind, I, I had a, a contact yesterday or the day before from a small startup who's got a a great little business running, um, but they're 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 concentrating on uh, what what they're passionate about and generating revenue, and they're just starting having that realization that hey, these the books and the payroll and whatever it, whatever else it is uh, is starting to get a bit out of control, and it's and it's it needs to get back into control, <laughs> or the passion that I'm I'm trying to grow this business with is is going to suffer, so they can see the value of. Um, having that backbone of good bookkeeping and payroll, um, and that could be a benefit to them, or it could be a problem to them, depending if they do something about it. So that's that's probably the big thing: is can how how can a, a service like ours um, assist the growth of another business? And when, when there's that realization, that connection, then it's a it's a good partnership together between us and our clients. Yeah, I think that's the one great thing, isn't it? That uh, when when people engage with a business like yours, that they get that they come in and they think, yeah, we probably need someone to look after the bookkeeping and the payroll, but it probably unravels the whole series of other services and things that you can do. And that the outcomes are not just ticking boxes of bookkeeping and payroll, but there's actually a whole different uh, growth opportunity there. And I think that's the it's it's the one thing that I I, I you know always encourage businesses that um, more often than not people don't understand the full value proposition that you offer. Um, and uh, you know, the, and and that's the great thing about sharing those stories so that um, people do understand it. Yeah, that's right. I think and I think that's true for almost every business. Anthony, like, is um, if people are shopping for a commodity or or, or a product, uh, you know, seeing things as an expense, um, that's one way to approach it. But if 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 as business owners we're looking at other services as um, adding value to our business and 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 something that's really going to help us, that that changes the mindset of how we approach. Um, engaging other services, I think. So, regardless of whether it's bookkeeping or, or any 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 service that a business engages with, I think that's a similar principle. Fantastic, Ed. Uh, I know we could keep talking for a long time, but uh, I, I hope that everyone's got a bit of a sense of, of the amazing business that you've built. We're going to include in the show notes some uh, ways that people can get in contact with you, and uh, and any special ways that things people want to do. I, I no doubt if you want to mention the the website address, that's probably the best way for people to start that uh, engagement, isn't it? So it's xds spelled e x d i a dot com dot au. Fantastic, Ed. Thanks so much for being a guest on on BizBytes and we look forward to everyone uh, joining us again for another episode soon. Terrific. Thank you, Anthony.